You're listening to the Hard Hedge, UVA's only independent basketball podcast hosted by two guys, one of whom happens to be a fake coach. Fake coach. Get up out your seat, you can have my drink, let me see you dance. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Pittman and Phony Bennett. When the sun falls, the sun falls, then the moonlights, the moonlights, might be a hell of a night, go, go. Welcome, Wahoo Brethren, to another edition and a long-awaited edition of the Hard Hedge podcast. I am the aforementioned Michael Pittman at Wahoo Basketball on Twitter, and I'm here once again, uh, long overdue, with my brothers in crime, Mr. At If Tony Tweeted, Phony Bennett. What's up, Phony? I don't know at this point if if we have to keep your name a secret anymore i'll let you i'll let you i mean people that. people know me as phony so we'll we'll stick with that uh i'm happy to be here happy to be recording this you know it's funny because we we kind of got away from this last year but it was always encouraging like i'll be on a random uva message board and, and see someone asking hey whatever happened to the hard hedge and and people apparently listen to this and uh i am still a little dumbfounded that people enjoy listening to us talk about basketball um but I'm happy that people tune in, and, and we've got a really great guest tonight, so this is going to be a special episode. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, uh, we're aided by the fact that our basketball program is so good that, you know, the fellow nerds out there just want content. So, you know, I don't think it's as much about us as we want it to be. But also with us is our good friend Daniel O'Neill. He is at Embrace Pace UVA on Twitter. Daniel, what's been going on? How has the uh, last year and a half been treating you, sir? It's been great. Been been awesome. I mean, it's, even the past 24 hours has been wonderful. I was on cloud nine yesterday. I had an awesome day in Charlottesville. Started off with a nice opportunity to see your basketball team play in October. Capped off by a, a win over a ranked team in Scott Stadium, which is a never never a bad thing to happen. And, so and yeah. How, how great was that finish? Getting penalties that actually went our way to help seal the game. Uh, uh it's the, great. The opposite I mean, of history. And I, and it was funny because I just I was with my dad and I I just turned to him and said that you know like this is a much more disciplined Miami team than I'm used to seeing and <laughs> and then no and the, the, there was still time on the clock but I mean the craziest thing about that was the uh, the the last penalty and the uh, the refs not knowing that we can accept the penalty and not take the field goal that I, I was because everyone was like cheering about the field goal I'm like wait a minute. Like the game's over. Like we, right. <laughs> it's personal foul, and so, yeah, that was. I mean, yeah, to be fair, the ref. I mean, he got, he took a he took a big shot to the head earlier <laughs> in the game, so maybe that was. That well, was I, yeah, I was but, even confused, but it, I think it was because on the last Miami touchdown there had been a penalty like that that was on the kickoff. So then I was like, yeah, but well, this is going to be on the kickoff, six point lead, thirty seconds to go, let's do this. And then it was like, oh yeah, 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 because I mean. It, that's fair because because that I think that was an extra point and I think that's different. Right. But uh, like this is just a normal field goal. We could right. be going for it on fourth down. Like it, right. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, stuff. great night. <laughs> well, let's touch on the let's before we move to basketball since we are you know recording here on the evening after such a big win. Let's touch on it real quick. Um, give me just your overall synopsis quickly about where this football program is. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll chime in something at the end. We'll start with you, Daniel. Just, uh, you know, uh, what, give me your overall snapshot of Bron- Bronco Mendenhall and where he's built this program right now, where you see us headed. Yeah, I mean, I, like yesterday, yesterday was a special day, and, and I understand it's it's one game against a team that, I mean, Miami probably 
I don't think I don't know if they'll finish the season ranked uh, unless they figure out their offense. But um, but I, I mean I'm I'm so happy and it, it I had a lot of memories of going to games as a kid yesterday and and when Virginia was actually pretty pretty good at football and you expected to win seven eight nine games um, you expected to win those types of games it definitely had that feeling I had that feeling even that the Louisville game I was at a couple weeks ago it was just a sense of confidence in Scott Stadium for the first time in a very long time um, and I think I mean I think we're on a really good track I, I think that um, I was very excited when Bronco was hired I'm, I'm, I'm obviously much more of a, a basketball guy I don't know as much about football but I, I did that was my introduction to UVA was through going to, to football games as a kid but I was really excited that we could get a guy like Bronco with his his winning pedigree but obviously his first year was not what we had all planned but um, I think that everything is like the wheels are in motion. Everything seems trending in the right direction, both on, on the field, um, the way the depth chart looks in terms of not just the team we have this year, but what it looks like we're going to have the next two, three years. And then finally the last, the last piece of the puzzle was recruiting. And I think that, uh, we have a really good class this year. Um, and it seems like we're well positioned to have sustained recruiting success going forward. So, I'm just very excited. I have no idea what that means in terms of how many games we're going to win this year, next year, whatever that needs to be played on the field. Nothing. It's not like every, every uh, problem has been solved or anything like that, but um, there's, there's an optimism attached to this program that hasn't been there in a while. And I think that again, like the, everything is trending in the right direction and it's exciting to have a day like yesterday where maybe last year it might be, Oh, there's the blue-white scrimmage, and oh, by the way, there's a football game too this weekend. And but this year it was definitely like, oh, like I guess we'll we'll stop at the blue-white basketball game on the way to the main event, which was the football game. So uh, it, it's cool to have that feeling in Charlottesville again. But um, yeah, it's, it was just a, a great day, and I think that I'm excited about the future of the program. Yeah, let me let, let me compare it to the basketball program in in one way. I, I you know it's obviously a lot easier to turn around a, a basketball program. Obviously, in my, in my opinion, anyways, due to the yeah. fact uh, you know you have such a drastically smaller uh, roster and amount of players who have to go in and produce. Um, but I remember when Tony started and the team immediately, you know, it, it, to me, it overnight went clearly to becoming a much better coach team, but the effort on the floor was, you know, like night and day. Um, and I see that with Broncos teams now. And I think that the culture took a couple of years to really sink in. A lot of guys kind of had to weed out. Um, but what really has impressed me this season is that they're still not the most talented team. Uh, they're still, you know, probably as much or more talent, uh, on the field, um, in every game that they played this year, uh, opposing them. But the effort uh, has just been tremendous um, on both sides of the ball, special teams. Uh, and to me, once the talent catches up, uh, which it's apparently doing with uh, this recruiting class this year, and then you expect that same level of uh, energy and enthusiasm that you're seeing from the squad now, that's what gives me, uh, you know, the biggest hope for the future. And, um, you know, Tony, I'll let you kind of elaborate on 
uh, before we move to basketball, uh, kind of your thoughts on football. Yeah, right no, now. I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, Broncos took a lot of crap when he said they had 27 ACC caliber players, but I think yeah. you watch the team and, and you have a better sense of what he's talking about. And, and the guys that he counts as ACC caliber players, they're, they are very quality players. And I think we have one of the fastest teams in the ACC. I mean, so many guys I watch, you know, they get the ball and they just, they, they're a step faster than than anyone else on the other team. So I think I, I'm feeling better that as he gets his players there, the right players there, the better players there, that we're going to see the results continue to improve. And, and I think this team is, um, you know, has played above itself. I mean, look, you look at the numbers from last night. They, they weren't great. They, you, our offensive numbers are not numbers that you would look at and think this team won this game, uh, but they managed to, to win it. And yeah, I've, been a UVA fan long enough I've seen so many games like that where it goes the other way where things don't go our way in the end where um you know the the team breaks uh, somewhere along the way and and they didn't so I, I'm I'm optimistic I mean there's there's certainly still questions and and I mean the the usual play calling questions and and whatnot remain although last night I thought a lot of the the issues on offense were execution but um yeah, I'm excited, and, and it's just a lot of fun uh, to actually sit back and, and enjoy football. So uh, at least our chances of getting to a bowl this year are looking great. It's cool, too. I mean, the, the one of the biggest concerns I had in the transition between London and, and Mendenhall was, I mean, I mean, London's bread and butter was relationships and getting guys to, to run through a wall for him. But And, so, and I, I was afraid about kind of that transitionary period where you had kind of half – half London's guys and half Mendenhall's guys. Um, but I, I think that even the London guys have really bought in and, and maybe it wasn't that way initially, but it really like just the things that see, seeing those videos that people are sharing of the players jumping around the sidelines and the music. And the funny thing about that is I feel like from a, if, if you don't know the, the situation or context, you probably expect, Oh, that's after that's when they're about to, take a knee and they're jumping around and music it was like, no, that is like, they needed a stop there badly. That was in a pivotal moment of the game, but everyone is loose and having fun on the sidelines and, and being encouraged by their coaches to do so. Uh, and so you have that balance of that with all was with a very disciplined team as well. That doesn't commit a lot of penalties, although they had some last night, but um, I think that's one of the most exciting things is that like, if you're a recruit in that stadium, it's, it was a it was a fun it was a fun atmosphere. It was I mean, it, a lot of the things you see with the basketball program, a lot of the fans that are there like really want to be there and buy into what's happening with the program. Not just, I mean, to be fair, when I was growing up, there was there were sixty plus thousand fans in the stands every week, but a lot of those were were people that were just like, all right, this is a winning football team. Let's go see a win. Now it's like. Let's get behind this program. So it, it's just uh, it's exciting, and there are some parallels to the basketball program. Um, don't want to read too much into that, but it's it's definitely a fun time to go to a game. Absolutely. So uh, let's let's transition to uh, hardwood now. And and Daniel, uh, you had the ability to go to the scrimmage, um, and I know that you did so with a very analytical eye. Uh, why don't you give us a quick um, high-level overview of what you saw, uh, you know, Saturday, and, and obviously take it with a grain of salt based on the format, but um, just in general, what would fans that maybe uh, weren't able to make it 
what what did you take mainly from that game? Yeah, so this is this is my first time going. I guess I think this is what the third year they've done some sort of a scrimmage like that, um, and this is my first time going in person. Um, and I think that early on, I was like a little disappointed because for the first couple of minutes, nothing really happened, and I was like, I can't really. I'm not gonna be able to read in read anything out of this. And then I was like, oh wait, like you have a Virginia offense playing against Virginia defense. It's kind of it's kind of you expect it to kind of be a stalemate at some point. But um, but no, as time went on, I, I was I was happy that they actually did. It wasn't all situational stuff. They did play a lot of basketball. Um, and I think that I, I was in terms of the overall team, nothing changed in terms of my opinion of what our ceiling is, what our talent level is, anything like that. Nothing really changed. I think that um, I have a very high, I had very high expectations for the team coming in. So that's, that's a good thing. But uh, in terms of specifics, I think that um, the biggest things, and I I tweeted out some of this, but, but I I was really impressed with Ty Jerome. I think that um, I'm a big fan of him in general and I have been for most of the time he's been here, but I just think he's such a, I love the way he plays. He's what I think a point guard should be. Um, he knows he's very aware that he's six foot five and he uses that to his advantage. He's just so crafty as well. But I think the biggest thing was that he was very aggressive with the ball yesterday. Um, he was getting into the paint deep almost every time and being very physical and doing so. Um, he didn't really look to score off it as much. I, I think that'll come more so in real games, but he was really looking to get in the paint to distribute and to really disrupt the defense. And I think it was almost as if like, almost a kind of like a football team. It's like, here's our game plan. And that seemed like that was his game plan and he was doing it effectively. And it really opened my eyes. to like, okay, he can be, we, we, this is no surprise, but he can be a playmaker, like w- like with the ball, distributing, making shots, whatever. But he's uh, – I really – just watching him play, I think that, okay, he's not just a point guard on top 10, top five team. Like he's an all-ACC player. He's a potential all-American caliber player, and he might be one of the best point guards in the country. But I was really impressed with him. Um, some well, of the others – Like was there anything specific? I mean was this just a confirmation of – your opinion of him or was there something that stood out in the actual scrimmage that you were like, you know, he's improved at that or he has a better leadership or, or just a he, natural progression of him or what, what really stood out to you yesterday? He was, I think it was his just overall how aggressive he was um, specifically. And I'll, I'll touch on this in a little bit, but the way we used ball screens he would be calling for them, and then he he had something in mind each time. Whether it was there were a lot of like, um, there's a lot of good passing yesterday, which I really liked, and not just like, not even just like team passing, like you are accustomed to seeing Virginia just kind of like execute something brilliantly. But it was more of just like an individual making a play and then making a very skill like skillful pass. Uh, a lot of a couple different occasions, he broke a guy down off a ball screen, got close to the rim, brought the defense in, and then just like there was one, there was one time specifically about specifically like that, he 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 took a ball screen from the top of the key, took it almost to the block, but then he had three defenders right in his face, 
and swung a pass across to Marco for a three in the corner. Um, there's a lot of stuff like that going on, but in terms of your question, he, uh, he had the ball in his hands and wasn't just running an offense. He was really just finding ways to make the defense uncomfortable and just, he was, he was going at a different tempo than I think that we're used to. And I think that, uh, one of the things London was so good at was, was his tempo. Um, but if London was having an off game, that tempo could almost kind of backfire against us. Cause then the defense could kind of get comfortable. I think Ty was making the defense very uncomfortable in terms of he was coming off screens very aggressively and just, just making the defense react to him instead of making it easy on them. Well, that sounds very positive uh, in a lot of ways due to some of the, you know, I don't want to say troubles, but but some of the stagnant moments of, of Virginia's offense were uh, at times that, that, you know, a lot of guys coming off screens didn't, you know, have a multiple options kind of programmed in their brain. It felt like at times to, to kind of attack a defense in a number of different ways. So who else, who else kind of stood out to you um, and, you know, who else maybe surprised you, I guess, a little bit yesterday? Yeah, I'll, I'll break them into two groups in terms of, I guess, just touching on, like, the existing guys first. Um, I, I think that, and people probably know by now, but I think Jay Huff had a really good day. Um, the biggest thing initially was that he definitely and noticeably has put on some, some muscle mass. Uh, he's, he's not – He's not Anthony Gill or anything like that or Jack Salt, uh, but he's 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 more comfortable, I think, in his body and using his body than uh, not afraid to get back down or anything like that. And uh, that showed. I mean, he had probably four or five dunks, and three or four of them were not just wide open; they were him dunking over or through someone. Um, which is a very good sign. I don't think that we learned a lot about his defense mainly because he was he was guarding Jack Salt um, for the most of the time, and, and Jack didn't have a good day offensively, and um, and uh, nothing against Jack, but he's not someone you're terribly scared of in a one-on-one situation with the ball in his hands. But Did Jack um, try? Was he trying he did. to score? Yes, he was. He did try and score, and he tried a couple post moves, a couple of hooks. Um, oddly enough, I think the only time he scored was off a steal and a transition bucket, uh, so if you, if you, if you had that as a prop bet, good for you, but, <laughs> um, no, but I think, I think Jay was impressive. I, I, I still have, I, I still would temper expectations on him. I still think he has a ways to go. Um, he had a couple threes as well, but, and I'll, I guess I'll transition to Mamani as well, but, uh, there was something and I, and I, and I'll, when we get to our interview with Zay later, but I, uh, I mentioned this a bit, but, uh, one of the unique things from a team perspective is we were running some different sets with our, our blockers, our bigs, um, specifically setting a screen, setting a ball screen or um, an off ball screen, but immediately popping out to the three, to the three point line. And, and only Jay and Mamadi have that or, or Dre as well uh, are allowed to do that. It looks like it. Um, but uh, they did that a couple times where they would set a screen and then pop out immediately. And then both Jay and Mamadi knocked down a couple threes. Um, Mamadi was good overall. Uh, I was really impressed with him. He had a lot of fouls, but they were 
calling kind of ridiculous fouls, I think, intentionally and just to kind of improve discipline. But I think Mamadi and Dre both have noticeably put on muscle mass as well. Um, Mamadi, I think it's noticeable kind of in his lower body that he doesn't kind of get bounced off the block or anything like that. He really holds his own. And it's I think he's so close to really breaking out. You saw flashes of it yesterday. He, I mean – he might have broken out yesterday. He had a lot of points and had a lot of good defensive sessions. But um, the only, I mean, the only not bright spot I think from the existing guys would, it would kind of come down to Kyle and Jack. Kyle, I'm not worried about whatsoever. Like he just, it had he had an off day. It's there's nothing really else to say about it, and he didn't force anything, so that's it, good to see on that front. But um, just missing open shots. I mean, how? how- I mean, he, it or, or, or not forcing it or what, what was off? Um, I mean, to be honest, I mean, Braxton Key locked him down and didn't really let him get the ball in a position to score. Um, the He had a, maybe one or two looks that would be okay with him taking him in a game against Braxton, and he just happened to miss him. But the, the rest of the time, he really didn't get, even get a lot of touches. Um and that, that was probably my biggest takeaway from the entire day was about Braxton was just phenomenal, phenomenal defensively. And just that was not something I was expecting coming in. Um, I think I was kind of worried about him guarding a smaller, quicker guard or not being big enough to hold his own with a big. And I thought he did a little bit of both. But especially I think that he looked – I mean, he's 6'8", but he, he he's a guard. He's a wing. Uh He'll he he can play if we want to go small ball. He'll play the four, but other than that, he's he's a natural fit in the backcourt. And um, I was really excited to see how well he played defensively. Honestly, it was that was awesome, and I really really hope he's eligible because he would help a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, forgive the dog bark there. That was uh, Jefferson, and he had to give his two cents in. But uh, talk <laughs> about the uh, the younger guys, uh, the guys that you know, the rest of us haven't had an opportunity to really see much of at all. Uh, what were your, in, in, you know, what was your uh, over uh, your your highest impact that you saw from those guys? I think, I mean, like Kihei is going to play, um, and we'll hear someone say later. But uh, Kihei is he, he's ready. Uh, I think that's probably the best adjective I can use for him right at this point. He's not. He's not scared of the moment. He's not um, – he doesn't seem hesitant or anything like that. He's going to make some mistakes. He made some mistakes yesterday, and it's going to be expected of, of a true freshman. But um, Turnovers or defensive mistakes or he – He had a couple turnovers, but I think they were mainly um, maybe being a little aggressive, trying to make a, a little too cute of a pass. Um, he loves these uh, – He's really, really good on a ball screen at um, acting very, very quickly. As soon as, as soon as the ball screen is kind of the screen set, and then uh, the the setter's rolling or, or whatever, he's really good at, at knowing that that's a weak spot in the defense and kind of taking advantage of it. But um, he loves to throw the ball around, kind of one hand passes and things like that. And he had a couple that he probably shouldn't have thrown, but they weren't. They were more errors kind of forced by him being a little too aggressive. But the only other thing that was a little concerning, he, he, he did pick up a lot of fouls that were kind of on ball um, 
ticky-tacky fouls that he'll need to watch out for. Um, but again, that might be something with him being too aggressive. But overall, he seemed very comfortable. Uh, I don't expect him to score more than three or four points a game, if that, <laughs> in what he plays. But but almost in like kind of like a, a London Parente's role, like if he can just handle the ball, move the ball around, and get it to your – I mean, there's so many options offensively outside of him that – that's a good position for him to be in, and it's a good thing for us to have on this team. So uh, he'll be ready. He had a three. Um, he had a three, and, and probably his best play was – I forget if it was off the screen or not, but he he ended up getting ISO'd with Dre um, one-on-one, and he took Dre to the basket, drew contact, and made a really acrobatic and one. Um, that, yeah, I, that was impressive. <laughs> I, I saw that on the replay. That was nice, I mean, going up. High off the glass over him. That was that was pretty. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's. He's gonna be a fun player. Uh, I have no idea what his his ceiling is. What what he's gonna look like in a couple of years. But but he looked like a guy that we could use from day one, just in terms of having another body to find our uh, talented offensive playmakers. Really. So in terms of the other, like I thought, um, Cody. Uh, had a really up and down day. I think that he 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 struggled a bit. He had he had a number of turnovers. Um, he is very very dependent on his right hand when he has a ball, and it it it's one of those things that it, it, maybe the it's a factor of these guys have gone against him every day in practice and know how to exploit his weaknesses. Um, but but they that's exactly what they were doing every time they were guarding him. So um, he's got to work on that. I think I I do think that if 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 Brad, if Key is eligible, then I think Statman will redshirt. I know we've kind of heard other, otherwise, but I think that he he could really benefit from it in a number of ways. Um, I wouldn't even rule it out if even if Key isn't eligible. But um, but I do. I, he hit a couple shots. He he definitely you can see his game is there. I think it's just a little too much for him at this point in time. Um, but uh, it could be like a Jesperson situation where uh, where he might be just on the edge and if something happens, we might want to have him available. But um, but, I, but I think that he would actually, it's less of a, a weakness on his front, but you can see where if he works on X, Y, and Z, he'll be so much better for it, having the ability to kind of focus on that. But, um, yeah, and then I was disappointed that uh, Frankie wasn't uh, able to play yesterday. I still haven't heard what was up with him, but, um, yeah, he was, in, he was in street clothes. But I was looking forward to seeing him, and unfortunately we didn't get a chance to do that. So uh, give me a quick bump on anybody. Just run through the roster and do it. You know, let's, let's try to be yeah. quick. Um, you know, the, the, the other guys that you haven't hit on, um, anything that stood out on them before we move on and, and have a nice conversation with Zay. Yeah. So I guess, um, Marco, um, I would say he's pretty neutral. Uh, he didn't really do anything. He, he, he hit a, hit a nice three. Um, his shot is still, still a little quirky, but he made it. Um, but I mean, he was solid. I think he's going to be able to give us some minutes. I, I wouldn't – I don't know beyond that in terms of scoring or exceptional defense or anything like that. I, I'm not sure what the expectation should be, but um, he was solid. Um, 
in terms of Dre, it's crazy. I haven't really talked about Dre much, but um, yeah, he was he was kind of as expected. Um, not a big fan of his haircut, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, he's he's put on. He's he's jacked. He's he's his upper body strength is very clear, um, and he played mostly the four and nothing. Basically, exactly what you would expect from Dre. He was. He made it look easy, so that's why it wasn't why I'm not gushing over him. I mean, he he everything he did looked easy. Um, hit a three or two, got in the lane, hit some mid range shots, played some defense. I will say that he and Mamadi kind of had a one on one matchup for a while that was very entertaining because just of their skill sets and athletic abilities. It's fun to see them go head to head. But um, who else am I leaving out? Uh, I think that's. Well, we touched on Jack. Um... Yeah. Jack was Jack. I mean, he, he. I was a little disappointed not to see. Uh, we'd heard some rumblings of kind of improved scoring ability, and maybe that's still there. And he was definitely a little more assertive and trying to score like that, but, um, but unfortunately wasn't wasn't able to connect really much. And uh, on more seriously, his his free throw shots looks almost worse than they have been. Uh, so that's not a great sign. But overall, we stunk it up from the free throw line as a team, so that was that was not ideal. Did uh, Badoki play at all? No, that's what I was saying. So Fran- both Frankie and Francesco, uh, Francesco and, and uh, Francisco were both sidelined. Uh, we knew we knew uh, Kafara was going to be out. But, but yeah, Badoki, uh, I'm not sure I didn't see, didn't see a boot, didn't see – Anything that appeared to be wrong with him, but he was in street clothes and um, not even warming up or anything like that. So, yeah, at this point, not to see him. I think that he could, we could use him because um, just in terms of another body up front would be beneficial, I think. So, yeah, had heard a lot about his development um, defensively. Uh, so, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll get healthy and have a, have a role. So, I'll resist the temptation to, to dive into more depth about how we feel about each player, because there is still a a kind of a season preview upcoming here that we should be recording relatively soon. So with that, I think it's wise that we, um, you know, uh, move on to the next segment. I'm going to let Phony kind of introduce our, uh, our guest this evening, which, uh, you know, we're very privileged to have with us. So Chris, take it away. Okay, well, our special guest uh, for our preseason episode, I am uh, very excited to get this guy. If uh, you follow me on Twitter, you know that he has uh, for a long time been one of my favorite Who's to watch. Uh, Just finished his career at UVA uh, and ended up uh, All-ACC Defensive Team twice, the 2018 ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Won a couple ACC regular season championships, won ACC Tournament Championship, and four NCAA appearances and that's that's a heck of a career and and beyond those numbers beyond the box scores he is the ultimate glue guy and I think we finally got John Rothstein to admit that this year so uh, <laughs> uh big welcome uh, to Isaiah Wilkins Zay, thank you so much for joining us no problem man thank you for having me uh so so let's go ahead and update us now where where are you this summer I know uh uh you got some run with with the Hornets in the in the preseason uh, what's what's next for you um, so I think, I think waivers are done with right now, but 
Um, once waivers clear and all that stuff, I'll be um, in Greensboro with the Swarm, uh, where Mike Toby was a couple of year, years ago, and uh, do that for a year. Awesome, awesome. So any, so you, you're gonna uh, keep pursuing the 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 NBA route, or uh, you got some lines in the water internationally? Um, for right now, like, um, talked to my agent. I told him that we could do it for the year. And then after the end of the year, depending on how I play, we'll see how things go. So nothing really set in stone mentally or anything like that, but just taking it where it goes. Have you been getting any phone calls and stuff from overseas? Um, I, I see. I don't think so because I've like committed to doing this G League year, and I don't think that you can do that. Good stuff, man. Well, best of luck to you. That's really exciting. Thanks. It's uh, uh, you know, we're we're. You know, I'll speak for myself and these guys. It was such a pleasure to watch you play. Um, and the energy and passion you brought to that team, man, was something that was just, uh, you know, infectious uh, to both yeah. the, the crowd and the players. Um, so the the only time I ever saw you really get down on the court and get negative on the court was when you were at the bottom of that dog pile after the Louisville game. <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad. I think it was Mommy. I was so mad at Mommy. I, I don't know why I was mad. Like, there was really no reason for me to be mad. But we ran, we tackled Dre, but it was so much weight. And I was like, right. bro, get off of me. <laughs> I was worried about that watching the, the College World Series. Like, UVA, like, they dogpile. I'm like, man, somebody's going to get hurt, and someone's going to end up, like, missing a start because of this or, or something. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I was kind of pissed myself, so. That was hilarious. I didn't know that they could hear me either, so it was way more funny when somebody tagged me, and I'm like, what is this? And they got to go, get off me, bro. Yeah, come on. I didn't say nothing crazy. Uh, Your your face said it. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely have to read the get off me, bro. So let's talk a little bit about last season. Now, Now, you know, when I asked you to do this, and I'm I'm sticking by it, I told you I've got no interest in uh, revisiting uh, one game in particular, but... But now that the, you've got some distance between you and the end of the season, have you had a chance to kind of step back and, and appreciate last season as a whole and, and what you and your teammates accomplished? Uh, yeah, so I, definitely afterwards, not during, but um, I thought about it the other day. Uh, we lost one game in ACC play. And just think about how how unbelievable that is because it's a, it's a gauntlet. Um, if you don't play well against, you know, the teams who are ranked the lowest in the conference they'll get you like you know bc had a, a lottery pick like there's you know there's always somebody that can get you so that that was unbelievable the acc championship run was unbelievable it was a crazy season yeah i mean it's it's, it's crazy too i remember shortly after that that game going over to a friend's house to watch some of the rest of the tournament and obviously was 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 very upset at how the season ended but at the same time just seeing how it was treated and seeing UVA put up there next to like the Russian team with the miracle on ice and secretary and all those things. Like obviously the, the specific moment sucked, but what it represented and, and why it's even such a big deal was more of the success of the entire year. And so I think just to what you were saying, like once you take a step back, like there's a reason why it's just the ending was as big of a deal as it is. And it's because of what y'all accomplished through the entirety of the year. Yeah, I mean, for sure. It was both sides of the history. And, you know, it happened. It was a, That game was a crazy game. It'll go down as a crazy game, but I don't think it takes away from the season that we have. No. No, no. It was, uh, it was rough. And, and yeah, one ACC loss was to Virginia Tech, of all schools. Yeah. Why did it have to be <laughs> Tech? Home, that's crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
So, so let's uh, let's talk about your time at UVA. Uh, you were you were there. You were just there for four years, right? Four years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because I know your your first year, you had rocking the uh, the the high top fade, the the kid and play yeah. uh, look. You bringing that back? No, look, I'm I'm almost done, man. I think I'm I'm really close to being bald. So I'm <laughs> what I got right now, but no, that time is over with. Oh man. We want to talk, and because, you know, the folks that listen to this show are, are diehard UVA fans, I want to talk to you a little bit about your UVA experience, because a lot of your time at school was away from uh, JPJ and was, was away from the basketball court, and hopefully you got to have uh, a similar experience to most UVA students. So, so talk, to, talk to me about that. What was your favorite non-basketball UVA memory? Let me see. I think, well, like, when it has... It went ahead, but when the spring comes back, like we would go to the lawn and hang out on the lawn. That was always fun. Um, but outside of that, we we did a lot of team stuff, but like gotcha. not organized. So we would just go over each other's houses because we all lived in the same apartment complex and just um, play video games for, right. for hours, <laughs> video games, hang out, all that stuff. Yeah, for every single year though, it wasn't just one year. It's like all four years we did that. And it was super cool. And so, what was the video game of choice? Over the years, it changed. We played 2K, FIFA. Right now, it's like Fortnite's hot. Right. Um, whatever we can get out. Uh, Call of Duty, some good Call of Duty battles and stuff like that, but that kind of stuff. So, yeah. who, so who, are the best, who are the best gamers on the team? Who are the worst? Um, Dre. Dre is really good. Ty is really good. Uh, some of the guys, don't, like Devin never played video games, so I'm assuming he was terrible. Um <laughs> And then Jack, Jack started off terrible. Jack started off awful, but he's getting better because he plays a lot more. But when he started off, he was awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, my daughter tried to get me to play Fortnite. I've tried a couple of games. I'm awful at it, man. I'm I'm like running around, like it's trying hard. to crouch, and instead I'm building stairs, and I'm, I don't know, and then I'm dead. So it's a, it's yeah, a fun game. Yeah, people are on it for hours out of day. You can't really catch up. It's hard. Right. Nah. That's why, I, yeah, I can't play online games because the people on there have way more time to yeah. devote to it. So, so that's who it is. It's yeah. uh, college athletes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The dudes who I know who play in college are nice because it's a lot of free time. Yeah. I'd always, with friends, I'd always play. I'm terrible at everything. But we play Call of Duty, and I, I think they just invite me to play to be like a confidence booster pretty much for yeah. them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's like, all right, like yeah. if they're playing online, at least at least they're not me. So, <laughs> well, Zay, let's uh, let's step back from basketball uh, for a couple minutes and talk about something else that you did this past season that I think really made an impact on a lot of people. I, I know it made an impact on me, and that is you opened up about your battle with depression and really I, I think the need to change how we address uh, mental health. Uh, wh- what kind of inspired you to talk about that in the first place? So the first time was – I talked about it the first time. That was on ACC Media Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's in October, September, October. October, right, because the guys haven't done it yet. Yeah, it should um, be like two weeks. Yeah, and so I did it there. But it wasn't – it was just brief. Like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't planned. Somebody just asked me a couple questions, and I just said what I said. It wasn't super detailed. Um, and then later on in the year, um, I had a bigger one, and that one was more planned and – you know, they reached out to my parents. Oh, they tackled me before, of course, but like reached out to my parents, my grandparents, and stuff like that. Um, but it it never was really planned. I didn't think about it much coming into the year or anything like that. It just kind of happened, um, and I'm happy it did. Yeah, what kind of feedback did you get from that? 
it was all positive. It was all support. Most of most of it. Um, you're obviously going to have people here and there who feel the way that they feel, but that's fine. Um, but it was a lot of positivity, like a lot of people reaching out, a lot of people sharing their stories as well, and you know, saying how it made them feel more comfortable, um, which is which is always super cool. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I I ended up uh, talking just a little bit about you know my kind of lifelong battle with depression on Twitter, and I I think you know. Th- you know, destigmatizing it starts with people talking about it, and uh, you know, so doing doing what what you did is the kind of thing that can really just get that ball rolling. Yeah, I start just starting a conversation because even if somebody doesn't understand it or necessarily agree with what I said, they have to talk to somebody else about it, and you know, maybe you're informed that way, or you know, something comes out of it. So. Yeah, and I think the I think the most impactful thing was I mean almost like the timing of it was I mean at least in terms of the ESPN story it it drops kind of in the context of oh everything's going right for UVA like yeah but I think that's it's even more powerful that way because it's like it's still there under the surface like I feel like most times you hear about stories like that it's it's when some sort of tragic event or some sort yeah. of something goes wrong and you hear about that but I think it's it's it almost hits home more when it's under the in the context of something that seems like everything should be perfect but it's not and i think that that speaks to what that issue is all about so i think that both both on your part and then on on how they handle that story i think that it it really hit home a lot stronger than it might have otherwise it was super organized and like everything worked out everything was like the it was perfect yeah yeah and i think that's that's kind of always the thing like when somebody um you know, if someone takes their their life. Like everyone's always like, man, they they had it so well. He had everything. Like when it's someone yeah. famous, it's like, man, you have no idea w- what that yeah. person was going through. Yeah, that's like so. It's just it's just crazy because sometimes you like you may never know, or sometimes there are little things there. So hopefully, it kind of gets out there. Like the Mac Miller thing, couple, couple yeah, years. yeah. You know that that one because he's he's like a really big part of. Um, my coming up is album, kids album and stuff like that. That one was like kind of crazy, um, and so like you just try to do what you can to help. Yeah, and it's an issue. It's 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 whether, I mean, I feel like each of us battles some some form of that on our own. But then, on top of that, we also know know people that are suffering from depression or other mental health issues. So it's it touches everyone, so everyone can relate whether they're dealing with their own issues or not. So I mean you read a story like that, it definitely hits home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw so much good feedback uh, from it on Twitter. Uh, the, the discussion on that, I mean, it, it was really inspiring because you saw people, uh, you know, more people talking about, yeah, their, their own struggles and, and, you know, hopefully that makes some people less afraid to, to get help. I mean, we don't, we don't think anything of someone uh, taking pills for their knee pain or, or going to physical therapy every week, right. but, but you tell somebody, well, I'm, 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 taking medicine, you know, because my brain's not quite functioning the way it needs to be, or, or, you know, I'm just going to regular therapy and, and they view it quite differently. So, uh, we need to change that. Yeah, for sure. It's just little, little things, you know, becoming a little bit more informed. I think it's going, going, um, up cause Kevin Love had his, his piece in the Players Tribune, DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think, it, I, I think it's important for everybody for sure. But I think that it, it's, a little it's seen a little bit differently when you're kind of in the public eye a lot more and those guys are like really in the public eye us we college basketball but still like um because like you said earlier you you you're i'm in college i went to college for free like i'm playing basketball 
I'm in a really good position, but right. you got everything, right? Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I feel it, but it's just important to be informed. Yeah, the worst is yeah when it's someone famous. They're like, but he had a lot of money. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, man, sure, that's always comes up. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's not going to do it. Um, but yeah. people people have to learn that lesson on their own. All right, well, you know that that's something that we, we appreciate you doing, and and something else I'm, I'm looking for from you today is, is some insight on to this upcoming season. Yeah. So your your heir apparent at the four is probably going to be Mamadi. I mean, I think that's a safe assumption that he's taken over your minutes. Now you guys have have very different games. I think. I mean, certainly you you have some similarities. What do you think Mamadi's going to bring to that role that that's different from you? I think Mamadi is years ahead of where I I am or was or like ever will be in terms of talent. Um, I think Mamadi is up there for most talented players on that team. And once he puts together, we talk about this all the time, once he puts together like the little thing, he'll control his own destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's, you know, Mamadi's 6'10, he can run, he can jump, um, he can do everything. It's just once he tightens up the little thing, he'll be ready to go. Yeah, one of the things I noticed, um, like the second half of last season, is you were seeing more where. He would still make some of these little mistakes, and maybe they're they're learning mistakes. But in, he's not hanging his head; he's staying with the play, and he was yeah. able to erase a lot of those errors. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Like he played great in the ACC tournament. He played outstanding yesterday. He fouled a lot, but you can clean that up easy. Um, but like yesterday in the scrimmage, he played amazing. Yeah, and yeah. I talked after the game. I was like, bro, you got to do that um, every day consistently. Earn coaches trust, and you'll be on your way. Yeah. What do you what do you think in terms of I mean it's such a it's such a commonly talked about thing in terms of positionless uh, positionless basketball and you having having big men having fours that can can step out hit a jump shot and really just be versatile how do you think that uh, do you think that our system is going to adapt at all to that or I mean I think we definitely have a few guys that kind of fit that mold and I, I definitely. Even in the scrimmage yesterday, it was kind of apparent that that there's there's a couple new wrinkles that have Mamadi kind of stepping out, not just kind of on his own, but almost more of a design set of screen and step out and and use his jumper. Do you think that that fits into what we try and do, or do you think that um, we'll kind of stick with more of the traditional blockers in that four or five role? I think that you know you'll get a mix of both. I think the blockers will definitely still be there because it works so well because it's higher streams out, but. I saw him, Jay Huff, Jay, obviously when he plays the floor, we'll do a lot of this, like kicking and popping, getting the spots, um, shooting the ball. Well, I think that's a, a strength that they have that um, I don't think that we've had. Evan did it a little bit. Nolte did mm-hmm. it a little bit, but I didn't I didn't have it. AG was more on the block. Um, so for a while now, they have a lot more, you know, shooting. Hopefully Jack can put some threes on this year. <laughs> it was fun. I, I noticed. I noticed yesterday in the in the warmups, it was like Jay and Mamadi were on one side with the bigs, and then uh, Jack and uh, Austin were on the other side, and they were the shots that Jack and Austin were, were practicing were a little bit further in than than Jay yeah. and Mamadi. Were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep them inside that restricted area. <laughs> I, I want to go back to something you just said about uh, coaching up Mamadi to. Uh, uh, earn the coach's trust. So what's what's the biggest thing you can do on the court to lose uh coach's trust? It starts in it starts in practice. In practice. If you don't if you don't practice well, um you're gonna be on a really, really short leash. 
Um, but like little things, obviously coach is super defensive oriented, defensively minded. Um, but you know, just don't turn the ball over, make good moves, make sound plays. If you make the, the basic play, you should be fine. And you'll live with some, some mess up as you get, you know, more trust and it happens. Like I mess up, but or I messed up when I was there. Like mess ups are going to happen, but you got to be able to be, you know, know that you're trying to make the sound play. That's what, that's what coach business is about. And it, it does seem more recently, the coaching staff didn't have quite so quick a hook, uh, for mistakes. I mean, it, 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 I got the sense that they were a little more, more tolerant for, for mistakes than, uh, you know, maybe they were a few years ago. I think that's true. I think that we're, we're opening our minds to like defensively and offensively. We're trying different things. And, I think that's that's part. I think what people don't understand is that like coaches grow with players too. Like it's not just players right. growing. Just coaches are just it's a new players for them too. So they're growing um, in the same that way that we are, and, and it's going to continue to happen. That's why you know you get whatever you, whoever you think the best coach in the world is. You know their their things change over over the years when they get different players. Yeah, just the experience uh, can make a big difference. And and I mean Tony Bennett is young. So we should certainly hope that he's not the best he's going to be at this point. No way. I mean, you no gotta... way. What do you say to a uh, to maybe a recruit or a, even though you're not talking to recruits, I'm sure. Um, but if if if, a, yeah. if someone approaches you and says, you know that that this style of basketball that you just experienced the last four years, the amount of work that you guys have had to put in, um, that it just doesn't look fun. Um, and, you know, that even maybe a parent having some concern that they may lose passion, you know, for the game of basketball because it, it becomes a little bit more like work uh, and a little less a little less fun. What, what do you say to a, a both a parent and a, and a kid that that comes out with you that with that kind of question? I don't think that I were to us like when we're, we're in the games, I have no idea that, that it's boring. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, there, are games, there are games that I've watched before, like before I got to Virginia, they play Wisconsin. And I was like, this is. This game is awful. Like, yeah, that's, that, like, that's not a good example. But once I think that the biggest thing, it's going to take you some time to adjust because it is a specific, like a specific way to play. But once you do it, you fall in love with it to the point where at the, my first days in Charlotte, like there was a lot of scoring going on and I was like visibly frustrated. That, <laughs> we could, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's just a certain way that you have to be in. It's not for everybody, but. Um, I don't, I, I don't care. Devin didn't care. But nobody, the guys who are playing don't care. What, what, if you don't like it, just, you know, don't watch it. It's fine. Did you, get, did you get questions from kids that visited that were kind of along that line? Yep. And you tell, we tell them, um, the hundred percent of truth, but Nigel, when he came and he, you know, he was with Devin and I, um, that, this is the way it is, you know, what you see is, is what you're going to get. You're not going to come in and change Coach Bennett's system. Like, if you want to come here, be 100% sure because it's really hard to play here. Um, it's hard to play the way that we play. But when you do, you'll have some, you'll have some fun, you'll, you know, you'll win some, um, and you'll do it what we feel is, you know, the right way. So. Well, I think the, the program's been getting folks to the league. So, I mean, the results kind of speak for themselves. I mean, if that's what what guys are looking to do you know it, it's probably just because of the pace the stats may not look as uh rosy as they do if you're doing it at a program that's running 80 percent 80 possessions a game now yeah and then when you do get your chance you look 
you look you probably look way better than what people thought you were because they underestimated you thought you could only do this one thing right you're out yeah. there like oh i thought he could only you know run off screens or whatever but you get out there and you show what you feel like is your whole game it might look better for you so you never know All right, what's a part of your game that uh we didn't get to see as well as you'd like i'm shooting the ball a lot more um from distance uh there's no more blocker mover and um, put that, put the time in, but like I feel more comfortable shooting the ball. It's probably something that I'll be doing a lot more this year that I didn't really do in college. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember watching your tape in high school, um, and you really had, I mean, you had it at, at Virginia as well, but I think that we had a, a need for more of your kind of post presence. But I mean, you were one of the better mid range shooters I'd seen yeah. in a long time for covering uh, a bunch of recruits, but. I mean that that game is. I mean, having the time to to, to practice that and, and and do it every day. I think that. Do you, do you think that um, in terms of what you did with Charlotte already and what you expect to do with Greensboro, um, what do you think your role is going to look like on the professional level? Is it going to be more of a three and more of a a tweener, more of a big man? Like, what do you? How do you think that plays out? Definitely more tweener um, or three. It obviously depends on where I play at. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, it's going towards uh, positionless basketball. But I, I highly doubt that I'll ever be on the block ever again in my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what's what's maybe one player um, that that you think is going to surprise fans. I feel like there's always there's always a guy that 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 typically shines in practice, and you guys see things. That you're like, man, if, if that could only translate, you know, to the games, uh, you know, this is going to be a, a, an impact player and, and maybe you're waiting for that to happen or just a young guy that you think is going to break out um, for this. Upcoming. Um, I think if Mamadi can put it all together, I, I know you guys have seen Mamadi, but I've seen Mamadi do some things that are like, wow. And I, I think I, I took pride in, in college and being like, um, in practice, I don't. I didn't really get. To, I know my my teammates' tendencies. I rarely got scored on, um, except for Dre. Uh, <laughs> I had none. For, I have nothing for that guy. <laughs> but like, mommy had some days where it was like, I can't. You know, there's nothing I can do about that. So him, and I also like Kihei. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's super tough. He competes. Uh, my first day there, we're playing pickup, and uh, I talk. I talk a lot. I talk a lot of trash <laughs> and he's new. And I just, just like, I, you know, I felt like I knew him already. So I was on the team, yeah. you know, going back and forth with him. And, you know, he was just, he was going back at me as well, you know? And I was like, I really respect that. Like, you know, yeah, I, mean? no, I noticed yesterday, the, yeah. I noticed yesterday in the scrimmage, it was evident, like, obviously the way he play, he plays with a certain sort of kind of on court leadership, but then even like, uh, in an off ball situation, he was calling over the team, and it's, it's kind of crazy. It's like here's this kid who's who's five foot what, eight nine, <laughs> Zero. Whatever, but but also what eighteen years old calling over yeah. nineteen twenty twenty one year olds yeah. on on a program that's been a top ten program for however he's long tough. it's been. So I like him. He's tough and he competes. Well, that, man, I swear, whenever I used to play pickup games, there was always that one dude, just a little tiny dude. But the thing is, he's always been small, and he's learned to, mm-hmm. to play that game. Smart. And, yeah, they, they, they're, they're quick, they're smart, they, uh, uh, and they frustrate the hell out of you. Yeah, he's got a, you know, he's got a great attitude. He's a great, great kid. Like, hung out with him at the football game, talked to him some, talked to him some last year on his visit. Like, all of them are. All the guys are coming in, but, um, yeah. yeah. It was, I think I got 
I'm excited to watch him play. Yeah, and going going off of that, in terms of, I think you're you're in a unique position where when you committed to Virginia, it was, I mean, certainly not a bad program or anything like that, but it's it's a lot different from what it is right now and the kinds of recruits we're getting these days. How do you think that that's? How do you think that you reconcile that difference in your head in terms of, uh, like? What did you think you were getting into in terms of the program you were committing to? And did you think that – did you ever imagine us being in this position in terms of how healthy the program is right now? Honestly, so I got I started to – I got recruited pretty late in terms of mm-hmm. how some of the kids are recruited now. And I didn't really deserve to be recruited early at all. <laughs> but um, Virginia was my first official visit. I visited Clemson. It was fun. Gabe DeVoe, I think Gabe DeVoe was there and he committed. Only had one scholarship. So I was like, all right, it was cool. Um, and I went to Virginia and I knew Malcolm, obviously. So, but yeah. like I, I felt super at home and I committed. I didn't really have any, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't, I never, like, I never watched him play the years before. I didn't watch college basketball right. for real. So mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't really know. I was just kind of up in the air. I just felt comfortable around the people, but it went, it went all the way up. And like Charlottesville has had a lot of, you know, tough things happened over my yeah. four years. My four years right. was, was really crazy in terms of that. But um, and I think it's a credit to Coach Bennett. I think it's credit to the staff, the way that they recruit. Like we were never, we never turned against each other when it was when it was easy too. Like it had been easy. So mm-hmm. to see them kind of be in the spot where they are now and um, stuff like that, the the thing that makes me the most happy, not even like not the five stars, not the four. I don't care about any of that stuff. I think he can win with whatever he gets, he, like he ran, he won with myself and Devin who weren't, you know, super highly recruited or stuff like that. Like that's going to, I'm happy that the culture is staying the same. Right. I, the guys who are there won't let it, you know, because they're new guys. Like it's never going to, I feel like it's never going to change. It doesn't matter how, how talented, if you don't fit the mold, you'll be weeded out pretty quickly. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does seem like he's not going to compromise and uh, yeah. bring in somebody that just because they have a lot of stars. Yeah, that, that makes me so happy because I think that's more important than winning and losing. Uh, not, not to him, obviously, that's his job, but I think it's more important. Like, it's about life. And yesterday, I saw Ty hang out after because they take an autograph session when the hour's up. Like, they're trying to get people out of there. So they take, you know, the people who are working have to, you know, take pens because the time is up. But, like, I saw Ty stay after for maybe 30 minutes. Wow. No, so that's super important. Like, that's important to me. So, well, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that, that's always impressed me when, uh, you know, my daughter's got to meet the players after the games. Like, I know everyone's tired. Like, you want to sit down. You don't want to stand there and smile and, and take pictures. And, and every player to a man has been nothing but, but polite and, and generous with time. So, uh, definitely that, that culture definitely should. Yeah, and also, and also, I mean, so, so I graduated in 2014. So, I guess we over, I guess we over, didn't overlap, but just missed each other. But, um, one of the coolest things, I mean, I was a big, always been a big UVA basketball fan. And even when my, my first year, second year, second year, we were pretty good, but my first year, we weren't that good. Third year, we were okay. And then, but I was always kind of bringing my friends to the games, getting them excited. And then my fourth year, we were, that was when we broke out and won the ACC and everything. And I think that everyone got really excited about that. But I think one of the biggest reasons was that I think that the types of kids like Tony brings in that, we already knew who these guys were. We hung out, like I hung out with Joe and Akil and, and those yeah. guys. And, and they're like, it, it's cool. And I think it's unique that UVA, I mean, the athletes, and especially in the basketball program are just like 
they're just students they're part of the university they they yeah they're right yeah it's not like i definitely know i know some other uh some of my friends who go to other schools it's like they will never like interact with athletes like ever they won't have classes with them they won't be at parties won't hang out with them i think that was cool is like you yeah. see these guys, you see guys like you every day and it's it's it makes it twice as cool when you guys have success to be like hey like i know that i know that guy he's a, he's a good dude yeah for sure like and i think that starts with like you know because brennan's first class because I, t- I talked to bub john tell yeah. yeah like i still i know we have conversations when he's in town because so Brennan had a thing at his house with you know every, every i think most of the players that have played for him over his whole time came back and like wow. we were just all hanging out like mike scott i see mike scott every time i go to atlanta yeah um and he's super cool and we Mike Scott doesn't have to be cool i never played with him but you know he's really you know really cool to me akio's great to me i talked to akio obviously malcolm but yeah yeah all that stuff da da is my favorite (laughs) yeah yeah i miss it man get tell da to get on twitter man he he would be a good follow (laughs) he would i I gotta get him on it yeah i think he's Israel, I gotta, I gotta talk to you. Because <laughs> he, he seems like the kind of guy that would tweet before, uh, um, before he was certain that the tweet was a good idea. And, yeah, and that's hundred percent. That, that's yeah. what I want on my Twitter. <laughs> All right, you get, you got time for one or two more questions, eh? Yeah, no, we'll keep going, man. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to keep you here all night. Um, I, I do, you know, I'll, I'll pat our followers on the back because I think. You know, watching Coach Bennett, we've, uh, as UVA fans, have certainly developed an appreciation for defense and, and of course, the pack line. So I'm hoping you can give us a, a little more insight into the pack line. You, you, you listen to the message boards or you read the message boards, I guess. Uh, folks talk about, hey, is it, is it harder to learn the pack line as a, as a big or, or as a guard? So, so from your perspective on learning the pack line, first of all, what, what is the, the hardest part about it to, to learn and what's the hardest part to execute? I think, first of all, I think guards have it way harder. Um, big, bigs, is, is, in my opinion, is not as bad as what their guards have to do because usually the guards are the best players on the team. Like, you get, and if there is a big that's the best player, he gets post-trapped and you try to neutralize him. But the guards right. have their hands full. Right. I think the four spots getting harder because everybody's playing guards at the four spots, like, that that was tough. That was yeah. that was that was a rough. Duke Duke these last three four years was really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the hardest part is learning how to be continuous. Like you think you come in and you play hard, but something you have to blow up a ball screen, sprint back, and then there's another one. You can't be late. You know right. where the whole thing breaks down. That's really hard. And yeah, you, you had more square footage to cover than those guards, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get into that if it's like a Louisville who ball screens a lot, that it's going to be a rough game for you if you're not locked in. But um, I think that's the hardest part. Actually, being locked in mentally every single night. Um, and you get old, you do it. But like your your freshman year, like bro, you know, you're tired. You never played this much. You don't. Tra- you never traveled. I just want like you want an easy game. I want an easy game. <laughs> Take it easy, but there are no easy games. Last year we played Vanderbilt. And we we were beating Vanderbilt pretty 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 badly, and he put in you know some of the younger guys, and they started they didn't start to come back here down like thirty forty points, but they made a run, and we just weren't playing our style of basketball because Bennett called timeout, and Devin and I met him way before we got to the huddle, and was like, that's not it, bro. it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna work, it's right? Not gonna work. So I think that's the hardest part. It was on thanks. It was on Thanksgiving Day too, and you're still working that hard. 
Yeah, uh, we went. I'm glad we're not mic'd up. Is, is, <laughs> is the burnout like a real thing in in the in that you know in the just rigmarole of a 30 plus game season and you guys are practicing as much as you are and uh, you know have you seen or yourself did you experience like you know like just a real burnout in the middle of the season have you seen kids kind of struggle to get through it freshman year for sure like if you play as a freshman yeah you're, it's gonna it's probably gonna happen to you but at the end of the year everybody's tired everybody's got you know different bruises and acts and all that stuff like that happens um so but like <laughs> the first everybody's first summer is probably the worst summer of their life <laughs> worst of the worst summer of my life ever just from from conditioning or are we talking about practices or mike curtis or everything. what everything like you can't you you can't you can't play you can't guard anybody you're getting killed <laughs> every day guys are stronger and usually guys are stronger and you right. quicker than you. my first <laughs> my first day i was matched up with ag and he he backed me down and he dropped his shoulder and he hit me right in my sternum. <laughs> I like went over to the sideline with Ethan. And I, I like I thought he cracked my sternum. <laughs> you gotta take a long time to get. Everybody has to go through it. But it makes you That's ready. Great. It makes you ready for ACC play. Have Have you heard they're talking about starting the season with an ACC game, uh, with the conference game? I don't like that. Right. Thank you. Tell Brad oh, Franklin. That's gonna be super ugly. Why would they do that? Yeah, like I mean, you guys need to get ready. I was wondering, like, how the players view it. I mean, to me, it seems like a TV thing. They want the the ratings. They want the money. And and but but man, like, start slow. I'm all for starting with Towson or or whatever. Yeah. I don't understand. I, one thing that Coach Bennett does every year that I think is super fun and like also great is he puts us. He's gonna put. I don't know what game it is, but there's always a road test early at somebody else's place. And I don't think a lot of coaches would do that. No. Um, like we it might be, they might go to uh, like George Washington. That's what we right. Want. I was gonna say you've done yeah George Washington, Davidson, VCU. VCU. The, those are really those good. Crazy games. <laughs> they always get up, and sometimes we start flat, and it gets bad. But yeah, I don't like that. I don't. I write, I don't know. I don't get it. Why would they do that? It's not going to be pretty. You talk about us not being pretty. Those guys are going <laughs> to right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I saw, saw I saw someone say I think it was I think it was Brad at at uh, Cavs Corner. But he said. uh I mean, at least like you'd like to think Virginia's got to be a lot more prepared than some of the other teams in November. Or so, but still, like, it's probably going to be some ugly basketball. Yeah, no, everybody gets better as they play. Usually, yeah, you don't want to too early. Yeah, no, it's, it's the same for us too. Hey, was Dominique robbed in uh, uh, that? Uh, what was the year? Slam dunk contest, Chicago. Hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> Chicago, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, the, the fix was in from the beginning. Uh, yeah, that's a shame. Who does the same dunk twice? Come on. Right. I got a friend on Facebook that is still so mad about it on the anniversary of it. Every year he posts about it. You know, this is the 18th anniversary of me getting robbed uh, by Jordan. I got to see Jordan and Charlie and let him know. Yeah. One last. Uh, I I believe we asked uh, Justin this. Um, is is there anything that uh? that that fans don't know about coach Bennett and it might be tough on the spot for you to come up with that is like either entertaining or surprising, surprising. because there isn't a you know there isn't a ton yeah. of personality oozing out of that man in press conferences and, yeah. and whatnot so didn't know if you had any stories or anything that you thought was kind of 
people didn't realize about him and maybe personally. Uh, pretty well, much has a lot of personality actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think a, a question that I get a lot is is he I guess the way that he seems on TV, like some people think it could be fake, it could be, you know, an act or whatever, but he actually is like that. But he's actually really funny. Yeah. He's really, really yeah. funny. He's witty, like he's got he's got good jokes. Um, and like if you're having a bad practice, you might hear one or two. But, <laughs> uh, uh, I think that's it. Oh, so he'll clown you a little bit. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He'll he'll get he won't he'll never like disrespect you or you know cross a line, but he'll he'll get at you. Yeah, he told he tells you that he told me that on my visit. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. That's awesome. Well, uh, with with that, Zay, I really appreciate all your time. We've we've kept you for a long time, and and this was awesome. And uh, let me uh, re- repeat what Mike said earlier. It, it was a joy to watch you play for the last four years, and and a joy to cheer you guys on and and watch all your successes. So I. I Thank you for everything uh, you you did, sure. not just for the basketball team, but for how you represented the university, because that's that's something that's really important to me. And uh, we wish you all the best in uh, whatever your career holds for you next. Thank you, man. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Zay. We appreciate. Yeah, thanks, Zay. All right. Well, we cannot thank Isaiah Wilkins enough uh, for joining us. That was tremendous, and um, you know, it's one of those uh, times when we get together and have this. Uh, podcast that we feel really fortunate um, to get, you know, former players to to take their time with us. So uh, really good stuff from Zay, and we cannot uh, thank him enough uh, for joining us. With that being said, um, we're going to let you guys uh, go on your merry way. It's been a long, it's been a long episode. We appreciate you sticking with us. Um, I'm Mike Pittman. You can find me at Wahoo Basketball on Twitter. I pretty much that's the only content. Um, I'm putting out any more these days, but uh, would love to have you follow and uh, love to interact with you fans. And I'll let, uh, you know, I'll start with at, uh, at Embrace Pace UVA, which is Daniel. Um, say goodbye to everyone. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good to be back. It's a great, uh, appreciate uh, Isaiah for taking the time and definitely uh, looking forward to doing a lot more of these and uh, thinking some, some fun ways to get you guys engaged and listening and hopefully some fun interviews and some nice topics coming forward. Sounds great. And finally, the man, uh, the myth, the legend that he is, uh, no longer wearing the Batman mask. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Phony Bennett. Uh, Phony, thanks again uh, for, for joining us. And, hey, let's get back at it this season. Yes, sir. I'm, you know, I really appreciate the folks that, you know, have been asking on Twitter and message boards and whatever for, for the show to come back. I mean, it's, it's really a privilege for us to be able to do this and, and to have people that want to listen to us talk and, and to be able to get folks like Zay to come on and, and give, I think some good insight into, uh, uh, you know, lifting up the curtain, seeing what it's like behind the scenes. So that, that's really awesome. I'm, I'm thankful uh, to have you guys. I'm thankful to have all the folks out there on Twitter and beyond, of course, I'm thankful for Virginia basketball. So we'll we'll be back before the season starts, uh, hopefully with that uh, season preview that that we weren't able to get to tonight. Uh, but I appreciate everyone listening. Very well said, my friend. And that's going to be it for us. So once again, until next time, uh, get ready to lace them up. It's coming right around the corner. So everybody, take care. Wahoo! Wah.